Welcome to The Weekly Word, a 52-week journey through the Bible. My name is Matt Lidikanen, and with me is Steve Lampy, and we are both Christian pastors currently serving at Messiah Church in Midland, Michigan, and we're excited to be journeying with you through the Bible. Every week, we'll be taking a big-picture view of the scripture you'll be reading, point out some points of interest along the way, and together gain a better vision of the God who loves us. This podcast follows along with the daily readings found in the one-year chronological Bible reading plan and resources from Tyndale House Publishers. Well, we are back in the book of Leviticus, everyone's favorite passage to go to. I just need some encouragement. I need a word from the Lord today, Leviticus. There we go. That's where we're going. Yeah. But there is a lot of good stuff in here, surprisingly. Um because it certainly surprised me. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I did a lot of learning, and I've learned some things about the book of Leviticus, which is the benefit of going through the Word of God. You have questions, get some answers, figure it dive, out. Di- dive in. Yeah, dive in. Go yeah. deep. The water is totally fine. Um, so where we've left off, we have the tabernacle has been constructed. It's awesome. And the priesthood's been established by Moses, and God has ordained the Levites, we got Aaron and his sons as being mm-hmm. priests, and it's this great, it's a great thing. They're off. They've been in the presence of the Lord for seven days, and they are just uh, being blessed, upside and one side, down the other. Just been an amazing time, and clearly and most assuredly, we will not have any missteps from here on out, and that's a great thing. So that's thanks for joining us on the podcast. No, that's it. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's it. It's messy. <laughs> it is messy. It gets messy uh, pretty quick. So we've been introduced to all these different types of sacrifices. They've been ordained. And now um, we have this great scene in Ex- in Leviticus 9, very first chapter of this week. Um, they begin their ministry. And in verse 23, um, they come out of this tent um, and they're kind of going, coming to and fro. But Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. Mm. Okay, so fire from the presence of the Lord has often been a bad thing. (laughs) Uh, And it will be a bad thing in chapter 10. Mm -hmm. But this is a really good moment. Mm -hmm. The people have been consecrated. Um, the presence of God has manifested himself, mm-hmm. and he is he's eaten up the sacrifice of the altar with fire from his presence. And so he's like, I accept this. I am rejoicing with you. Mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm in the midst of you. You're, you're with me. Mm-hmm. It's just like it was, baby. Yep. We're back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in a way, um, I think it's interesting that the, to, like, the response uh, is... You know, when you when you fall face down, um, there's a sign of worship there, right? Yeah, there is. Absolutely. There is a sign of worship. Uh, there's also a sign of like probably like this this actually like healthy reverent like fear. Oh, that, definitely. That we yeah. that we learn about and we read about even in even in the Old Testament quite a bit. Um, that's 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 seen here. How do you? How, I mean, how do you respond though? Because this is these 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 are the kind of in, the imagery that we read within these chapters and within the, the the glory of the Lord showing up to the to the to the Israelites and specifically to a lot of the leaders in this moment, um, and fire coming from heaven. I I often like I stop and ask myself, well, what would I would do? I probably wouldn't be standing either. 
I would probably be down on yeah. it just on my face. Right. And a little bit of like, it wouldn't be singing like, probably I love you, Lord. I'd probably be singing some different words of almost like some of the prophets where they say, what was me? Yeah. Uh, a man of unclean me, lips. <laughs> like, yes. I will lift my voice. Yes, now. absolutely. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lord. Like yeah. some of those things instead of, you know, it's just one of those moments where God reveals himself and, and truly uh, the right response by people is just to fall face down. Yeah. And, just and to be remember like, where we've yeah. been because this, all this has been established before the golden calf mm-hmm. or after the golden calf incident. Yeah. So, Golden calf happens. They've made idols. They've made. They've created their own liturgy, basically. Mm-hmm. Of how this is how we're going to worship Yahweh because they don't say that the golden calf is another god. Mm-hmm. They're saying this is Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to worship it. Yeah. And like, okay, God's like, well, it looks like we got to create a rule book. Yeah. <laughs> we got to figure out how to yeah. have a relationship with me because this is not how it's supposed to work. I thought the Ten Commandments. I thought ten rules would be enough, but mm-hmm. it is not enough. Yep. Um, but it's the grace of God that he shows up in this really spectacular mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And he still is like, I still desire a relationship. I still desire to be close to you. Yep. And I'm going to accept this sin offering mm-hmm. um, on your be- on the behalf of the priests who've offered it. And yep. I'm going to bless you with me. Yep. Um, and we're going to have this time of celebration and joy. Yeah. And they cried out with joy. Yep. You know? it's, yep. So it's a really cool picture. Um, so we have... Aaron, high priest, and mm-hmm. the native and Abihu are his sons, mm-hmm. and they mess up. Mm-hmm. Chapter 10. So it means like Genesis 2, followed by Genesis 3, mm-hmm. Leviticus 9, followed by Leviticus 10. So yeah. they offer, it says, unauthorized fire mm-hmm. before the Lord. Uh, contrary to his command, so verse 2 of chapter 10, so fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they, did, they died before the Lord. And Moses then spoke to Aaron. This is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will be proved holy. Mm-hmm. In the sight of all the people, I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. So it's just really like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. this is a very startling moment. Um, but essentially what we have is this very much a Adam and Eve sort of picture they have this wonderful relationship with God, mm-hmm. and then they say, well, let's define it on our own terms. Yeah. Let's take things into our own hands, and so they kind of go off script. Mm. They had this wonderful liturgy that was spelled out. They were taught very carefully, this and is how you should well do it. Maybe well-intentioned, for all we know. May- maybe maybe. well-intentioned. <laughs> um, and then, just interestingly, though, later in the passage, later in, in the chapter, mm-hmm. um, says that, uh, well, one, he, they're forbidden to mourn because mm. they did something that was sinful. Okay. Okay, so that's interesting. Mm. And then verse 8, Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your sons are not to drink wine or other fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meaning, or you mm. will die. This is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, so that you can distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the mm. clean, and so you can teach the Israelites all the decrees the Lord has given them through Moses. And so it's like, it doesn't say it, but it kind of invites the question: Were they drunk? <laughs> yeah, like what was? What are they? Let's what? light some fire, bro. You know. Yeah, and just the attitude of the the attitude in which it was given, or the, or the honestly, yeah. I mean, it sounds like like in in regards to the desire of how God wanted those the offerings to be brought. 
in the way in which he, he ordained for them to be brought and to be done. Mm-hmm. Those were, it was like the comment even last week that you said, like, like God had certain structure even in the Garden of Eden for Adam mm-hmm. and Eve, and there's certain structure here to have fellowship with him. And those things were ignored and just kind of willy-nilly uh, in, re- in regards to his presence, which has always been like... Yeah. Just you're tiptoeing into uh, dangerous waters at, at that point when you when you don't when there's no fear of the Lord, there's a lack of understanding. There's there's a lack of That's that right. uh, that He is God and we are man. Just that understanding. I mean, even in New Testament mm-hmm. times, we have this this example in in um, in the Old Testament when Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, in the New Testament, I mean that was a, that was kind of, that was an offering in a sense as well, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't done with fear. It wasn't done with in a way of right. saying, "I want to honor you and you first, Lord." There was a selfish kind of thing going on within their own hearts That's as right. they gave it, and we see even in New Testament times that two people were actually struck mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, so it's not like again, this is the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden. We see that with Nadab mm-hmm. and Abihu. We see that with Ananias and Sapphira in the mm-hmm. Book of Acts. So it's like the same theme of yep. you can't mess with God's holiness. Mm-hmm. Don't presume uh, to just waltz in and do as you please. You can't. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the Lord's Supper. Why are some sick and dying among mm-hmm. you? It's mm-hmm. because that you that's have a great been taking of my yeah. presence. You've been taking my body, my blood in a way that is unworthy mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, a, you're desecrating yeah. the sacrament. Yep. Um, and it's not looked kindly upon. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> uh, and there is indeed judgment, not condemnation, no, uh, but judgment so that there might be repentance. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the desire for the Lord here. Yes. Making an example, unfortunately, of, of mm-hmm. these two guys, but mm-hmm. um, definitely strike some fear into the hearts of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't just do what we want. Mm-hmm. And so then the rest of the Leviticus mm-hmm. is outlining, here's how you can basically avoid being polluted. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of different things, as we see, that can pollute you, Yeah, that can make you, as it is called, unclean. Mm-hmm. And you can't be unclean and be in the presence of an utterly clean mm-hmm. God. So how do we stay clean? And that's the answer that mm-hmm. we find here. You know, mm-hmm. Take of the fruit of the tree, uh, any tree in the garden. Mm-hmm. Don't take of these. Mm-hmm. Take of these, not these over here. Mm-hmm. So again, echoes of yep. echoes of what God seeks mm-hmm. for us. So God's given us a lot of different things. So Leviticus 11 God talks about those unclean and clean foods. Um, that's why uh, Jews today don't eat bacon. Uh, it's too bad. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, but even here, okay, so with the food, it says that um, in the New Testament, we, I mean, Christians, we eat this stuff. Can you answer, why do we do this? Why can we eat these unclean things? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so with, with the law, we know that the law, that these, these, these laws and rules that were given to the Israelites for their cleanliness in mm-hmm. regards to God's desire for them to be holy as he is holy, for the fellowship to happen. These are God's desires to remain in that fellowship. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want you to not, here's what I do not want you to partake in, and here's what I want you to partake in. It's those boundaries that you're explaining. Um, those are fulfilled perfectly in Christ. He was the fulfillment of the law. Remember, he didn't come to abolish it. He didn't come to no. say it's bad, it's not good. It's It was good, but mm-hmm. he was the perfect fulfillment of that law. And then as Paul would teach, even in into the New Testament too, that, 
those laws and rules are now fulfilled totally in Christ, and it's no longer Jew or Gentile or tradition or practice that makes you clean. It's your faith in Christ mm -hmm. that makes us holy before the Lord or righteous, right? Holy, righteous, mm -hmm. same kind of 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 thought of 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 line spiritually that we are the righteousness of Christ. We've been made perfectly righteous yes. only because He perfectly fulfilled the law that we could never fulfill perfectly that God gave to the Israelites in the Old Testament. They uh -huh. tried, but guess what happens after all this? I mean, <laughs> we're going to talk about the prophets. Yeah. You want to know not amazing and joyful? Sometimes the prophets are hard to read. It's they actually are. very hard to read. <laughs> Quite sobering, yeah. Because it's it's there's just not a lot of happy thoughts from the prophets toward the people not of often. God. And it just no. points to the inability of mankind to even fulfill the laws and the rules that God laid for his people yeah. that he wanted to be with to have fellowship with, they just couldn't do it. Yeah, and even so the simple dietary things they yeah. can't do completely yeah. and totally. That's why there were, yep. you know, the different types of fat sacrifices we talked about last week. Those were all established because, oh, shoot, I didn't mean to eat that. Mm -hmm. I need to do something to yeah. clean, cleanse myself. Uh -huh. um, and uh, But what Jesus has done for us, which is really incredible, we think about God dying for our sins, which he has, mm -hmm. but we have Jesus in his death, He's actually made everything that's unclean listed here. Mm -hmm. He's made those things yep. clean. That's what Acts yep. 10, I believe, with mm -hmm. Cornelius and the yep. Roman centurion. He says, do yep. not call clean what God has made unclean, what God has made clean. Mm -hmm. That's what it says. He says it three times mm -hmm. in this image. And then Peter's uh, has the, the thing that's filled with all these critters taken back up to heaven. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what was it? What in the world was that about? Yeah. Um, so yeah. it was a really, but this is a hard shift for the church to make that God has actually made all these, these things that are written acceptable. in Leviticus. Yeah. These are all acceptable now yeah. because of what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. Way bigger than you think. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's pretty incredible mm -hmm. uh, what we have through Christ. Mm -hmm. um, Leviticus 12, there's a couple laws in here um, after childbirth, which you would think, well, where's this about? But mm -hmm. all, there's every single thing in this, I think almost every chapter, there's actually a, a gospel connection um, because this is mentioned in the book of Luke, these types of laws when you have given birth mm -hmm. to a son or a daughter. Um, so it says, when the days of her perfect uh, purification for a son or daughter are over, she, the mom, is to bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a year old lamb for a burnt offering. Mm. Um, and if, uh, so these are all the different things that they're supposed to do. Yep. Um, but then the regulations for a woman who gives birth to a boy or a girl if she is not able to afford a lamb, that is for the atonement, she is to bring two doves or two young pigeons for a burnt offering, whether for a sin offering. Mm -hmm. In this way, the priest will make atonement for her and she will be clean. So mm -hmm. this is what Mary does mm -hmm. uh, on behalf of, you know, because having given birth to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But it, see, it says if she can't afford a lamb, yeah. then they bring a dove or two pigeons. Doves, yeah. But... What it says in Luke's gospel is that they bring two doves and two pigeons. So we know mm -hmm. that Mary and Joseph, they weren't wealthy. Mm -hmm. They were yeah. poor. So Jesus, it's, it's just, it's just yeah. again, it's just a little window into mm -hmm. um, what goes without being said as you read the Bible. Because it never mm -hmm. says anywhere, like, Mary and Joseph were poor. Mm -hmm. But we know that from, we know that, that from here. Yeah, absolutely. From his, from, from these scriptures of, we get contextually kind of his upbringing and 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 in a sense, in the world's ways, he probably wasn't rolling in the caddy. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was uh, the son of man has no place to lay his head, mm -hmm. as he says. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
we have, again, in the next chapter, Leviticus 13, it's about skin diseases and stuff. You're like, wow, this is really detailed and kind of gross. Um, but all the different people that Jesus interacted with, mm-hmm. he interacted with lepers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there, this is where that context comes from. It says in verse 45 of chapter 13, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, mm-hmm. cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. Mm-hmm. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Can I just make a shout out real quick? to yeah, absolutely. So for all those who are following along in, in the chronological reading, David Dana was reading this very passage at Journeys this past <laughs> That's week. That's right, yes. And I asked him, what do you read, man? And he was like, oh, yeah, just about skin diseases. <laughs> so I read, it when I read it there with him. And he was reading it. We were reading right along with this. And I was like, this is funky, man. <laughs> like, this is just really hard to understand. Yeah. But when you look at it contextually into what you were just saying about Christ mm-hmm. and the just the, the imagery of he, not only did he go to heal lepers, yeah. um, but he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't outcasting. When, right. when, when the community would outcast or put aside for a moment, Christ would welcome in. And I think that's the beautiful thing that we see in Jesus Christ is that there's no, there's no hindrance to the fellowship um, based on outward appearance or condition, um, whether it's condition of, of outward or condition of heart, like you've been welcomed in. And I think that's the cool thing that we see within the grace of God and the mercy of God. And we see these, these laws set up in the Old Testament, um, you know, sometimes just for um, just, the, just the, the protection of, of people too. As well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, diseases would spread. Um, yeah, quite I mean, ancient quite, people, right? <laughs> yeah, quite, quite well back then as well. They didn't have medication, the medicines no. that we do today. So we could understand the parameters that which God would want to protect and still care for. But then we also see Christ in a loving way, welcome mm-hmm. and heal. And it's an awesome. I mean, like, like, like you just said before, um, I interrupted with the shout out. Um, the imagery, the, the the truth that we get in Jesus Christ is that. There is no one outside of his grace, and that includes That's those right. who are sick and those That's who right. are outcast by the community around us. So, Yeah, even by the things, I mean, this is a story, one of my favorites in Mark chapter 1, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a cleanness, uncleanness imagery. Mm-hmm. He knows he's unclean. He knows he's actually doing something that he shouldn't do. He's coming mm-hmm. to Jesus who is clean, a clean rabbi, mm-hmm. no less, and he's begging Mm-hmm. to be made clean, because he believes that he can be made clean. And then Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Mm-hmm. And Jesus sent him away with a strong warning. See that you don't, don't tell, your, tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you for your cleansing in Leviticus 13. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's where it's all, yep. it's, it's all here. Mm. And instead he went out and began to talk freely, right? So this is the story, but that, that's a story mm-hmm. that connects to this very like kind of isolated, mm. strange, uh, esoteric text from yeah. Leviticus 13. <laughs> Every, there's so many different stories in the... New Testament of Jesus interacting with unclean people, yep. you're like, whoa, okay, now I get it. Like mm-hmm. this was serious. Mm-hmm. That this man, he before this, he would have been running around completely isolated with other lepers, leper mm-hmm. colony, and they'd be all crying out. If someone came near them, unclean, unclean, yeah. you can't, don't touch me. Mm. How isolating, mm. how painful. Mm. And that Jesus is like, uh, I think, 
I think, oh, is it this person? Yeah, it says, he reached out his hand and touched the man. Mm-hmm. Now, that would have made anyone else unclean. Mm. But Jesus, in his, the cleansing power of God, mm-hmm. just boom, yeah. heals him on the spot and, and eliminates the disease. Yeah, if you like, like, think about it like this too. So, I mean, oftentimes it's not necessarily an outwardly like disease that, that, people struggle with or may feel outcast within the the fellowship of the community. But also oftentimes, like nowadays, I think that's the, what people are going on, what's going on inwardly with people, the situations yeah. or, or even like the, the sin that they know they've been struggling with. I think sometimes people may even feel like as part of the body of Christ, like I'm, I'm an outcast because nobody else is, is, is feels like I do. Like, I feel like I've yeah. just been worthless yeah. to, to, to God because of what I've done. I think, these are the scriptures that bring hope to mm-hmm. when we feel, and remember, we don't necessarily bank our, our, our faith on feelings. We, we have to bank it on what the truth is and what we know is that Christ has, has come to us mm-hmm. in our uncleanliness. And when we yeah. feel like we've been outcast, so many people leave the church because they don't feel like they fit in because they feel like these people are all perfect and I'm not. That's not the truth. Every single no. person in that church has been or is a sinner mm-hmm. um, within their life, and they've been welcomed in only because they've been approached by God first. And it's the same yeah. thing that we see here. So who does Christ welcome and who does Christ approach? Sinners, period. Who's welcome to the church? Sinners. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's who Christ has come to, the unclean. And I think yeah. you know, for, for, for a lot of times, sometimes guilt can really hold people back from going to hear the word of God or, or, or going to church or a service. Mm-hmm. And I would say don't. And mm-hmm. you need to go hear the word because then when the truth of yeah. Christ comes, comes to us, it comes in grace and mercy and he already knows what we're going through. He already knows what we're doing, yet he still comes to us. Yeah. And that's the awesome thing about this this specific example that you're talking about now. It's cool. And I, it's like, it's almost like these texts in Leviticus, they set you up to feel some cringe. Mm. They set you up to feel like, oh, but can't we come near to the Lord even mm-hmm. if in the midst of our uncleanness? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it makes you thirst immediately for mm-hmm. Jesus. It makes mm-hmm. you thirst immediately for the water to life mm-hmm. that will cleanse you from your sin, the blood that mm-hmm. will purify you from once and for all from everything yeah. you've ever done, ever will do. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's just it's like makes you hunger and thirst. And mm-hmm. it's all it's like every story whispers his name. Every mm-hmm. story points mm-hmm. straight to Jesus, and it's just mm-hmm. it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, going on through Leviticus, we've got. Um, a, this, a couple passages, um, you know, detailing how to cleanse a house from molds and mm-hmm. different things. It's like, you know, again, this is sort of, it's almost, it's also practical. Yeah, there's some sure. practicality yep, here. Yep. Um, and then there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff uh, about Leviticus 15, like sexual fluids that, mm-hmm. that can make you unclean, both mm-hmm. men and women. I think some people think that it's only kind of attack getting on women mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, men's... Uh, Sexual fluids can be mm-hmm. un, uh, unclean as well, and just kind of all across the board, there are things that pollute, um, mm-hmm. and that's something that we need to be cleansed for. Mm-hmm. And then the center of the book, center of the book of Leviticus, is Leviticus 16, and it's this incredible feast, and it is the um, Day of Atonement, and it's I mean Jesus is all over this chapter, mm-hmm. um, but essentially what happens is there is this, a bull that's mm-hmm. sacrificed for Aaron mm-hmm. himself as high priest so that he can enter in once a year mm-hmm. 
to the most holy place and make atonement for himself. Mm-hmm. So there's a one thing, and then there's a goat. There's two goats picked, and then one is kind of chosen for another job. Yep. But then this goat is brought in and slaughtered on the altar of sacrifice. He takes the blood mm-hmm. of that goat, and he goes into the most holy place and mm-hmm. makes atonement, makes at one mints. We're brought back into fellowship in a tremendous way mm-hmm. once a year, um, all these sacrifices are made year round, but this is a very significant moment mm-hmm. in the season, in the year of the Israelite community, that they would have that seven day recreation, mm-hmm. um, being the blood being flicked onto the mercy seat of the tabernacles mm-hmm. uh, or on the covenant, sorry, the Ark of the Covenant. That would where, that's where the blood's going. Mm-hmm. So the mercy seat of God, mm-hmm. the very presence of God, you're bringing that blood in, mm. all the sin of the community confessed on that animal mm. and it's being brought in. And then mm. there is this other goat, sort of this, it's kind of play acting. The sins of the community are confessed upon this goat. Yep. And then some dude's kind of like picked for the job. You're going to lead this out into the wilderness <laughs> and just the, let yeah. it go. Yeah. The scapegoat, right? It is called they, the scapegoat. Yeah. yeah. It's called the scapegoat. So yep. how do you see Jesus in the midst of this, uh, the feast of atonement, Steve? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this kind of scripture always brings to mind that um like uh the, the verse and I think this is in Hebrews too where the blood of the the blood of Christ speaks a better a better word. Um yeah. than uh I think it's the the blood of Abel, right? Is that what it is that that's what it speaks about? Yeah. Um you know, when you have when you have this example happening in the old testament in these times. What was necessary for forgiveness was blood. We've talked about that. We talked about that last week too. And then you you make the correlation of the two things happening. One, the forgiveness of sin um, that's received uh, through this act, and it requires death, sacrifice, and blood. And that's what God has. That's how God has ordained forgiveness to happen. That's His desire for the Israelites to to atone for sin at, in this moment. And then you have the other goat that then carries off mm-hmm. away their sin. Mm-hmm. And so you have both working in the in the image of the cross or in the reality and truth of the cross. Not only was the mm-hmm. blood shed, but the the sins were also taken away. Mm-hmm. Um and and even today though, what do we do? We don't we we still confess our sin. We still have to right. confess our sin. What speaks on our forgiveness is still the blood that is sprinkled on our behalf through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So you can see though the whole tie-ins between what's happening here with the two goats, the sacrifices, the spilling of blood, and it's just uh, like like we've always said, like a foreshadow to the mm-hmm. cross uh, of Jesus that God's fulfilling the work perfectly um, in Christ once and for all. That there's this That's isn't right. needed anymore. This specific day isn't mm-hmm. needed. The day of atonement once and for all was when Christ yeah, died on the, the cross. Day. The, yeah. the day. That's it. This is it. Right. So uh-huh. yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, no, it's cool. My mind was going to uh, you know this other this second goat. Mm-hmm. That's not slain. Uh, it says that when Aaron has finished making atonement, this is verse 20 of chapter 16. When he's finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting, and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. He shall lay both hands on the head of the goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, mm-hmm. and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the, compare of, in the care of someone appointed for the task. And the goat will carry it on itself all their sins to a remote place, and the man shall release it in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel bad for the goat. Um, 
Right. You wonder if the goat just lived its like, life out. I know there's, the there's a, I know there's a listener out there who's just like, but the goat, you know, it's oh, like those animal you have an lovers. issue with the goat that yeah. didn't die. I don't know how you're gonna make it through Leviticus. Yeah. Um, but what's really remarkable about this, I'm just thinking about again the themes established all the way back in the beginning, Genesis three, that the man, the Adam and his wife were sent away from the presence into the wilderness, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. away from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one could stay mm-hmm. there. But in this at- Day of Atonement ceremony, we have a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. One animal is kind of established by God that this one will be sent away mm-hmm. from my presence. Mm-hmm. But you can stay. Mm-hmm. You can be here mm-hmm. in, in my presence, yep. which is super cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Jesus, again, like you said, the Day of Atonement, yeah. he is the one who's sent out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cross was outside of the city walls. He is mm-hmm. outside of Jerusalem, sent out into the wilderness, if you will, mm-hmm. who, uh, who bore all our sins on his back yeah. uh, and carried them off into the wilderness and Take even descended into hell, descended into death, yeah. uh, the ultimate wilderness, I suppose, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will see them no more. Yeah, as, as far, far as, as the east, is there from you go. The west, yeah, right? he has removed our transgressions from us, right? And that's that. That's the yeah. image of the goat. Yeah, what exactly. an awesome verse. And once again, it's one of those verses where you're like, "How far, really? Well, what's the distance between east and the west? It's unmeasurable. Where's the point? Yeah, so it's pretty. It's so cool, man. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's this. This is, this is a good theological point to make. Probably, it's like, man. Um, this is a this bloody business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being a priest, <laughs> so much bloodshed. Uh, loving the Lord in the Old Testament was uh, a bloody job, but um, what this is just established so that we know um, kind of why is it? Why is this the case? Um, it says in let's see, verse eleven of chapter seventeen: For the life of a creature is in the blood, mm-hmm. and I have given it to you. To make atonement for yourselves on the altar, it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Okay, so it's like, and it's kind of in the midst of this commandment: don't eat blood. But the point is, is like there is life. There's life in blood. Yeah, and your choices create death. Yes. And so, because there's death here, mm-hmm. I need to make. I need to take life from something else, somewhere mm-hmm. else. And so, we're going to take the life of this animal, innocent, mm-hmm. doesn't deserve it, mm-hmm. and we're going to use that. To cover the death, yeah, and to to bring life back into where there is chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a really core, foundational mm-hmm. theological idea. Yes, about Leviticus is like why yeah. why blood? You know why blood? Why the blood of Jesus? Mm-hmm. We needed the blood of an innocent sufferer. Yep, the life of the blood, mm-hmm. so that he could atone for all of our death, yep. take care of the death, yep, defeat it, yep. And so we have that echoed even, again, on the cross. Mm. Um, mm. And then there's kind of some moral things, and it's like, you know, Leviticus, kind of random esoteric stuff, but a lot of different laws. I think a lot of interesting things about justice, social justice, mm. that are talked about in here. Um, one that's probably referred to more, just given our cultural <laughs> moment, we got Leviticus 18, dealing all different kinds of sexual sin you should abstain from, who you shouldn't sleep with. Um, but the reason it's all like, it's spelled out very explicitly is like, um, why should we not do these things? You must not do as they do in Egypt where you used to live and you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you do not follow your practices. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it says later, like, this is the reason that I'm like throwing them out. That's why I'm sending you into the land of Canaan mm-hmm. because they've been doing these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Therefore I am punishing them by mm-hmm. sending you in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, these are still binding. Yeah. yeah. Still binding today. Like Absolutely. all of the laws here. Yeah. I feel like um, we could stay on this for a long time too. And oh, just, no the, just even being taken, even like in it, it, the Jesus, when Jesus prays for the, the future believers and his disciples, he says, I've, I've, I've not come to take them, um, like out of the world, but they're in the world, but they're, 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 they're a people of me. Right. So these, these, we're not to act like the world, although mm-hmm. we live in the world, we're still called to be apart from the world in those ways. And so the Israelites were almost like these directives from God and these laws from God were actually, were actually like an example set before the world of the character and nature of God. Mm-hmm. And that's who we are in Jesus Christ. And the same goes today is that we do we have we we have a we have a we have a separate set of truth to function in through Christ than what the mm-hmm. world often does. That's right. And it's oftentimes yeah. looks it's looked at as weird or as, as Peter would say peculiar people. You are a peculiar yes. people and it's kind of strange um in in some ways in which we do or don't participate in the the life and the, mm-hmm. the patterns of the world. But we set an example to the world of the nature and character of Christ and God and his desires um, for people. So yeah. Here we are. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Mm-hmm. We remain in the world, but we're not really of, this isn't really our home. So, Yeah. And to land the plane here, because we'll have to wrap up, but just would be really good to mention Leviticus 25. This is the details, the year of Jubilee. And it's this very peculiar practice mm-hmm. that every 50th year, it's like this massive Sabbath. Mm. Um, debts are forgiven. <laughs> land is returned back to people that it, belonged to way back when mm. slaves are set free the land rests in fact every seven years the land itself needs to rest and god mm. says don't plant don't reap don't sow anything just... that grows you can take it but don't like yeah. sow your fields every seven years and mm. i'm just like i remember reading this the uh this time through i was like oh my gosh like what would happen like today if we did that? You know, it's if you I mean i can uh, imagine we live in a somewhat of a farming community i can only yeah. wonder like what would what would people think in response to this? So I'd be yeah. very curious to hear. But, you know, in mm-hmm. Jesus, he announces the year of Jubilee for us. So in, when he's in Nazareth, he goes to, the cust- goes to Nazareth and he takes the scroll of Isaiah and he reads it. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Mm. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the year of Jubilee. Mm. And that's what he's that's talking cool. about. Yeah. So he's saying, I'm setting the slaves free mm-hmm. of sin. Yep. I'm se- I'm I'm canceling all the debts. Yep. You're forgiven. Sin. Yep. Um, I'm giving you a new heavens and a new earth mm-hmm. by what I'm going to do through the cross and the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving you ultimate rest mm-hmm. through myself. So mm-hmm. all the things, everything in Leviticus, Jesus takes care of it. Just pointing right to the point right to the work of Christ. Yeah. There awesome. it is. Yeah, and yeah. it's like way better. I mean, Leviticus 25 sounds pretty cool if it was actually to be played out in real life, but mm-hmm. Jesus is going to play it out in real life. We yeah. get to experience it in the greater, greatest measure ever. Yeah. yeah. So cool. It's pretty awesome. And that's all the time we got, yep. but you know, you'd be surprised. There's plenty to talk about Leviticus, isn't there? Yeah, there, yeah. there <laughs> yeah. you go. If you've ever doubted, you're probably... If you ever doubted, not, yeah, now, you, now. You're, you're locked in. So enjoy your reading. I hope you uh, have some more clarity on it now. Uh, God bless it, and we'll see you next time.
Thanks so much for joining us for the weekly word. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate and subscribe and hit that notification bell to stay on top of new episodes. If you have any questions or have something in scripture you'd like us to weigh in on, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at weeklyword at messiahmidland.org. That's weeklyword at messiahmidland.org.